I'm Aria Schwartz, along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. The champs have been crowned, and the offseason has already started and hit full speed ahead. So let's dive in and discuss. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com. That's winsider.com. Okay, we're back. The season's done. The champs have been crowned. <laughs> um, all right, right. Before, there, there's tons of off-season stuff to discuss, um, and we'll have a whole off-season to do that. But first and foremost, Vegas pulls off. Vegas is missing Chelsea Gray. Right. Vegas is missing. I mean, we can include Candace Parker in that. Vegas is missing Kia Stokes. So now you're missing the floor general. You're missing that interior um, presence. That interior presence, that size. Heck, a player who was hitting threes early in this series. <laughs> um, I mean, essentially, everybody counted out the aces to a degree. And I think looking back, because we've had a little bit of time to reflect and react. Um, I have some thoughts. My first thought is just kind of like Vegas basically said, like, we only have, we need to do it in this game. We can't let this go to game five because I think it was clear. None of their players were coming back Um, and other players were injured and they were holding back injuries. So for me, it's just like Vegas basically said, like, today's the day we got to do it now. Let's finish this. What, What was your reaction to Vegas pulling off the improbable win in game four. I just think for me, it goes back to being kind of one of those really like memorable historical moments where like a team's will just kind of overpowers their, you know, the, the circumstances at hand. Um, you know, we talk about Vegas and how tough this team is, how close this team is. And I keep saying it over and over Vegas, they have that dog in them. They've got that chip in them. And that's from top to bottom, you know, and and the bench doesn't get hardly any credit, (laughs) in my opinion. But like when it was time to rise to the occasion from top to bottom, um, they were able to get that done. And and I don't know that I necessarily like agree that we had to get it done right now. I'm surprised that New York wasn't able to pull out another win at home and force a game five. you know, I think to me, that was the more shocking thing was just kind of like Vegas was like, screw it. We're going to do it now. It, it, I felt like had they gone back to Vegas and they played under the same circumstances, I don't think <clears throat> much would have necessarily changed. Maybe potentially Stokes. I'm, you know, I'm not sure about that, but you know, it just kind of was like, if we can, we're going to get it done right now. And we're going to do it on their home court and um, New York's home court. And we're just going to we're just going to show that we're better. We're better from top to bottom. And we have that dog. We have that edge to us. We have that fire in us that honestly, I, I didn't see out of New York in that final game, you know, and that was the shocking thing to me. I really felt like New York would seize that moment better than they did. And, and again, force a game five because of the circumstances. I mean, because of the depth, because of the obvious talent on New York's roster, but the toughness factor of, of Las Vegas, I think, I think honestly, sometimes we we shortchange how how tough and how competitive and how 
that team can just bully people, you know, and, and I mean that in the best possible way and, and they did it. And I think that's what, that's what this game is about, right? Like you're facing adversity. You've got players that have gone down. You, you, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of things at hand. Who's able to rise to the occasion? We saw, you know, Sidney Colson step up big time in that, in that game. Kayla George, in my opinion, stepped up big time oh, in yeah. that game. I mean, the game plan that Vegas had was so strategic and they were going to let her take as many shots as she possibly could take. And, and New York wasn't going to guard her. And she just kept going. She kept letting it fly. She kept letting it fly. And it was so fascinating to watch because that was what she was told to do. And that team, that was the game plan. They stuck to the game plan. They did things that they had never done before. They were able to implement different defenses and things that, you know, a different look, obviously that New York had ever seen. And they stuck to the game plan. They trusted the process and it was enough. And I just think for me, you know, just unbelievable performance of will from Vegas, from my perspective, from top to bottom, um, you know, and, and Alicia Clark and Sydney Colson. And I mean, the, the entire unit rose to the occasion. And the fact that that was more than enough than a fully healthy New York Liberty team is, is shocking to me, you know? And I would uh, almost say that like, you know, we always, it's cliche to say, but like, we always talk about how the playoffs, like, it just reaffirms what we already knew about the teams in the regular season. Like, yes, there's times, right. The Chicago sky, when they won their championship, where they go through this run. And like during the regular season, we're like, you're really hot. You're really cold. I feel like for me personally, I feel like that game four so much came down to what we already knew about New York and what we already knew about Vegas, Vegas. Like you've said, tough dog, scratch, bite, claw, figure out any way to get the victory. Whereas New York, like we can talk about their hot streaks, their cold streaks, whatever. If you ask me, the story of New York all season has been they allowed teams that shouldn't have been in the game to be in the game. Mm-hmm. In uh, New York, yes, like in head to heads with with Vegas, they blew them out a few times and New York had many blowout games. But there was tons of games that I saw in New York this season where it was just closer than it should have been. If you're going to be a quote unquote super team, if you're going to be that top dog contender, contender uh, with Vegas, then I think like you can't have those games. I understand the flip side of the coin is, well, great teams find ways to win, but it almost felt like New York's weakness this year was allowing teams who honestly had no business being in close games late in the game against the would be number one contenders to do that. and. Like if I'm looking at this, if I'm a New York fan and I know a lot of people are going to shame me for saying, like, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I like, I, I'm sorry. Like maybe I'm being out there, whatever. Like, here's the thing. You have Chelsea gray missing. You have Kia Stokes missing. Kayla George is beating you. Alicia Clark is beating you. That's not shade to Alicia Clark. Six one of the year defense player of the year, blah, 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 blah. Like three time champion. Right. Like Alicia Clark has as many championship rings as Candace Parker. Let's be clear. And yeah. you could argue, which I think is a fair argument at this point, has been more impactful in all three of those because Candace Parker wasn't much of this year. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of when you look at it from the New York perspective, like how, I, like, okay, the Kelsey Plum line, right, about Candace Parker, about New York not being a team. Obviously, <laughs> I think, you know, we can whatever, but I think there's truth to the general idea of what she's saying, which is teams don't just get built today and then go win a championship tomorrow. 
it takes time. It takes growth. It took Vegas time to grow. It took Chicago time to grow. Minnesota, LA, like no team, Seattle, no team wins championships just like that. Um, so yeah, sorry. What, what, what's your thoughts on New York? Like, are, are, is it embarrassing? Is it, you're just like, you just got punched in the face? Like what, what is it? I think it should be an element. If, if I'm New York, and I was talking about this before the season even started. I felt like New York was, it's a process to win a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how many times, and yeah, not that it's impossible, but you know, you, 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 you compile this roster that has a ton of talent on it, but you've got to be able to go through some of those collective growing pains together. You know, I mean, Vegas, we're talking about, they won back to back. This, this is a, a dynasty in the making, if you will, we'll see what can happen in the future. But you know, this is a team that has gone through a process together, even dating before Becky Hammond, you know, back in those beer, Bill and beer days and, and, you know, getting, getting to the point where they were in the finals, then they were contending for a champion, the winning a championship. I feel like with New York, they should be pissed off. You know, this should light a fire under a, a lot of people, not just on the team, but in the franchise to like, okay, like we've, we've got the tools to get here. Now we need that extra chip, that extra edge, that dog, that, that you, when, sometimes when you have your heart broken, you know, or you're even humiliated or embarrassed or feeling whatever types of ways, you know, you might be feeling, I, I don't, I don't think like it, it was a great accomplishment for New York to get to the finals. That's great. I don't think that New York is cursed by any means. This is, this is a team obviously on the rise. This is one of the top franchises in the WNBA, but They've got to go through a process of being able to now just not get to the finals. How do we win the finals? What's it going to take? And Vegas showed in that final game, that edge, that chip, that dog, that grit, that determination that I don't think New York has fully developed yet. How do you get that? Well, I think a team a lot of times got to go through some heartache. So for me, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing for you know, New York Liberty fans or even the franchise you know, moving forward. I'm, the sky isn't falling in. I think this is only going to propel this team in the future. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think, look, I think both of us are right, right? Like you can be embarrassed and pissed off and disappointed, but like you said, it needs to light that fire. It needs to drive that forward. It'll be interesting to see what New York is able to do this off season um, in terms of bringing players back. I mean, look, John Quill Jones, when, when Vegas is missing Kia Stokes, and they still find a way to hold JJ to three for eight, 11 rebounds, six points, and just three. Like, I, I am just beyond impressed by the determination. The buy-in of Vegas was just so impressive, so much fun to watch. Like, the whole time you're watching it, and you're just like, is this actually happening? Like, it, is this TV or is this real life? Um, and I got to say, just impressive. You know, super by far the lowest scoring game of the season when these two teams played. Uh, it's like what the tenth game, ninth game they played. Just wild. Um, really, really impressive from Asia Wilson. Just insane. Oh my gosh. Just, I mean, 24, 11 of 21, 16 rebounds. Um, you know, one block, one steal. I mean, a complete just sheer dominance. Deserves, also, every, deserves every little bit of the MVP. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. It was poetic. It was absolutely poetic. Um, Asia Wilson doing Asia Wilson things. We're in, we're in the middle of one of the greatest players we will ever get to see in the WNBA, you know, and, and at, at her peak and she ain't done yet. That's the craziest part. 
Yeah, I mean, whatever. We can get into a whole discussion during the offseason of like when is Asia Wilson's peak and whatnot. Uh, I do want to say shout out to the W. Um, those new trophies, I'm digging them. They look good. They look good. They, they look, look good. real good. Good branding on the bottom, uh, bigger, cooler. Honestly, looked like players actually had to work to lift them up versus like the other ones looked like they were hollow, cheap, and fake. Um, <laughs> But there's been some other news. Like, we, I mean, we could talk more about the finals, but I feel like um, we got to talk about kind of the more, you know, off season, the big headlines that are happening currently. The Mercury hire uh, Nick Tibbs as the new head coach of Phoenix Mercury uh, comes from a mediocre career. I'm just going to be blunt here. A mediocre career. There's him saying mediocre. He's been an assistant coach in the NBA for bad teams. So the nicest thing I can say is a mediocre career so far as an assistant coach in the NBA personally, personally. And I think this was shown again um, with Teresa Witherspoon and whatnot. But I think there is a very dangerous precedent. Uh, People can disagree with me, whatever. It's my podcast. I'm going to say it. (laughs) I think there's a very dangerous precedent being set right now in the WNBA. I am all for paying insanely high contract prices to the coaches and to the GMs. My issue is the current trend seems to be that just working for an NBA team, not NBA success, but working for an NBA team provides you a demand for a much higher paycheck or that for a WNBA coach to make, you know, top billing as a coach, they would have to work in the NBA for a period of time. I do not like that at all. You have people like Cheryl Reeve, who are some of the most successful in WNBA history, who are not making anywhere near these coaches who have never had any success as a head coach. I understand we had talked about this for a while and there's a lot of back and forth. I'm like, look, I'm all for raising the price tag of coaches. I just wish NBA coaching wasn't kind of the check mark you need to get a million dollars. That's all. No, I'm with you. And I totally agree. We, we will talk about Phoenix at nauseum during this off season, which I'm excited about because there's a lot to talk about, but I will say it's interesting. Um, clearly we've never, we've, we've seen NBA trends in the WNBA in the past. This isn't anything new. The best thing about this is the fact that it's raising the bar in mm-hmm. terms of pay in the league. And that's what I'll leave it at, I guess. You know, best thing, only good thing, you know, whatever. Definitely. But best luck. I'm excited to see how this, new coach who has no experience coaching uh, the W or women's basketball in any way, shape or form. He is um, a girl dad. He's a girl dad. And supposedly his dad coached women's basketball at some point in high school or something like that. So he's clearly properly prepared for this. Uh, Chicago sky hired Teresa Witherspoon as head coach. And I'm going to butcher his name, Jeff Pagliocci. Uh, as the GM, I apologize for butchering the name thoughts on that. I mean, me personally, I'll, I'll be blunt. Maybe I'm stealing Rachel's thunder here, but like, hope Teresa Witherspoon works out in Chicago. Still have a lot of questions for the Chicago front office. Um, and I'm not as hyped. I think everyone kind of blindly just gets on the hype train of a former player becoming a head coach. And from my understanding, again, don't follow the men's league. Don't know much. My understanding is everyone's highly regarding her because as a coach because of what she's done with Zion. And from my, again, understanding of not watching the men's league, he hasn't really played. So I don't get that. Um, but I'm open to being wrong, right? 
I think, yeah, I think it's a really good hire for a franchise like Chicago. I mean, they still feel like they're behind the eight ball in so many ways, shape and form, but they're trying to make the moves in terms of new investment, new potential facilities, finally adding, you know, (laughs) an individual GM role. They were the last ones that didn't have that role. I mean, that you know, they have to do these those things, or else they're all. I mean, they're, how far behind are you to the franchises like in New York or a, a Las Vegas at this point? So I team's not I, working out in a rec center. The, the, I, I feel like it was just a matter of time before we saw um, Witherspoon back in the league, and I think you have the former player. Hey, at least she knows the WNBA. Yes, she yes. knows women's basketball. You well, know, well, it, that's the thing, right? We can we can debate her like we can debate aspects of her coaching and and like what she knows you know if she's going to be good or not with mercury it's kind of like well no even in the presser he's like well i'm going to really rely on everybody to help me know this league (laughs) it's like so so bluntly like real i'm like okay i appreciate the bluntliness but like (laughs) what the hell was mercury ownership thinking and like what did he say in the interview process that got him this job that that's my question you've got you've got nba guys at the front office and from top to bottom and and they're going to bring in their people you know that's that's hiring anywhere but again well to to be determined if that works out but back to witherspoon i mean I think it's a good hire for Chicago. I'm, I'm anxious to see how this works out. Um, I am nervous for Chicago in the, in the near future. Clearly their, their draft lack of draft assets and things like that are going to put them in a difficult situation. And then, you know, how are you going to beat out people in free agency <laughs> is what it's going to have to come down to. And that's again, another question, but you know, they're, they're making some moves and they're doing their best to kind of keep up with the Joneses here. So to be determined, but I do like, um, you know, I like the hire in terms of just a familiar face, a historical name, a legend in the game, and and you know, just getting that opportunity and seeing what she can do with it. Yeah, I'm excited. Look, I'm it, whether or not I think this will be successful. I'm excited that more W former players are in coaching positions. Um, and the last, most important topic, arguably, right now we know Golden State, Oakland slash San Francisco. I guess they're not even calling it Golden State; it's the Bay Area. Um, has a team for expansion 2025. It was widely expected, widely predicted, widely thought that Portland, so two West Coast teams, was going to be the other one. You have a billionaire who owns a giant, you know, company, was going to buy the team. Nike's there. There's all these other things. It's going to work out great. Well, falls through the other day. Kathy sends a letter to government employees saying that it was the facilities that caused them to back away. Ownership said, what are you talking about? You've known that was going to be an issue this whole time. From my understanding, it seems like it came down to the name um, and stupid, you know, little things like that, which is just dumb, in my opinion. Um, At the end of the day, if the W moved away from Portland, you would hope that that means they have another place closely waiting to step up. But that said, it sounds like (laughs) they don't. Yeah, (laughs) but it it sounds like they've already that they already told all the other places, hey, we're not going with you. We're going with Portland. And then in the 11th hour, they said, Portland, sorry, no, we're moving on. And so now I start like I've never had a lot of faith in ownership in in the league and in the commissioner in the league. I've even less now because you're pulling the rug out. What are we doing for 2025? We're already behind. What's the answer? Are we playing with 13 teams moving forward for the foreseeable future? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the part that's concerning when something falls apart this late is, is shocking. Like this is like a bad breakup. 
there's nothing positive about this, at least from an outsider's perspective, you know, and when millionaire prospective owner, Kirk Brown basically was like, sounds like to me, he just kind of got pissed off and was like, screw it. I'm out. Like, does that burn? Is this repairable? Are you able to now bring in another, I mean, mega owner who can has the the resources Mm -hmm. to do this or is, is Portland like off the table for the foreseeable future? It sounds like people are scrambling trying to make this work, but like, that's a huge hit. Um, and again, it's just, just the way it went down with Kathy's letter, you know, blaming it on the facilities, which has, has been known from the start of this process. But it sounds like to me, this really came down to just kind of last second disagreements and maybe just, you know, just couldn't, couldn't work well together. And Kirk Brown just being like, you know what, this, this is not something I want to continue to invest my money in anymore. So I don't know. I mean, to be determined, clearly there's a lot that we're going to find out the next couple of months. I'm sure the league is highly motivated to try and get this to 14. Um, but you also can't, you can't just piece that together, you know, at the last second, you know, does, does it end up just being 13? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because, but that was a really big development the other day because, you know, clearly all eyes looked at Portland, had it together and they were going to get this done. I think they even talked about preparing an announcement. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of shocking and jarring news and all eyes on kind of Kathy Engelbert now, like, okay, how do we repair this situation and, and what's your strategy moving forward? Yeah. And last thing I'll say is to me, facilities is a BS thing. We have teams that are working out in rec centers. At the end of the day, if the ownership is going to make a long-term commitment and commit to building, I don't care about the first two years of the team. Yeah. I care about five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 and yeah. on. That's what I care about. So that's <laughs> what I want. Denver's invested. Um, Rachel, real quick, logging out for the 2023 season. Next time you hear us, it will be part of the 2023-2024 uh, offseason. Yeah. Rachel, who's your goat? Pickle. 